Hello and welcome to another episode of the St. George's Rod and Staff podcast, the official podcast of the Church of St. George the Martyr of Cales River, with the chapelries of St. Mark the Evangelist and St. Monica Westbank. This is your ongoing exploration of faith in a time of crisis. I am Lindsay Schutes and I'm joined as always by the rector of our parish, the Archdeacon, Father Rodney Whiteman. Father Rodney, how are you doing? Good day, Lindsay. I'm doing okay. It's trying to prevent the body from the chills that are out there today. Um, we are very grateful for the rain, of course, uh, and we are mindful of those who are challenged because their shelter is not um, perfect. Um, mm. But otherwise, uh, keeping as well as we possibly can under the circumstances. And I trust the same for you and your family. Yes, uh, yeah. this is the 11th Sunday after Pentecost. And our theme for this week is just a tribute to the first responders, the frontline workers, health workers police services, and law enforcement. Uh, Father Rodney, if you could just welcome everybody and take us through the collect, and then I'll catch up with you after that. Good morning, congregation. God, the preserver of life, is with you. A warm welcome to you all as we gather for worship through this um, 11th Sunday in after Pentecost. Uh, during COVID-19, uh, there is a hope that our churches will soon be open for worship, but no doubt uh, still regulatory. We are grateful to be able to worship via technology, and so we are still called into a fellowship with God um, and with each other for deeper intimacy with each other. and. Um, Prayer is a very important part of our intimacy. So let us today pray the collect um, for this week. And remember that this prayer is being prayed by other churches in our region. Let us pray. God of the foreigner and the outcast, no one is excluded from your embrace. Inspire us to love the world that all will live in the dignity and security of belonging in God's family. We make this prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lindsay? Amen. So, Father, I just want to call you back to the penitential sentence again, because I, I, I enjoy these. Um, because it kind of really does set the, the tone for what the liturgy is about. And this week's one says, For God has imprisoned all in disobedience so that he may be merciful to all. So then our first reading is Romans chapter 11, verses 1 to 2, and then 29 to 32. And it goes, I, what, what I pull out of it is that God mercy is for all. Um, but just going back to the penitential sentence, there's a sense of, of, of the imprisonment of the original sin. And as you know, if you believe in the all-knowing God, um, he should have surely known what would transpire. So is all of this just a construct of a God who needs us to then fall into line? Or are we still free to do our own thing? Um, so again, this this sentence and the readings as all is a focus on 
what is what does it how does it help us with our theological understanding and belief about God, given that God is mystery, and and how are we meant to understand who is God and how God operates? So yes, I agree with you that the imprisonment in of all in disobedience reflects, it would seem, on the original sin. Mm. Um, God is is God in that sentence, in that message, the prisoner in the the prison warden in the foremost part of things, or is it really him seeking to exercise mercy? Um, and what was mercy and grace? Um, God's free gift to us. So did God therefore exercise mercy and grace when he created us with choice? Was God's mm. intention with us that we still have, as it were, the responsibility of choice? It is very very interesting that it's possible that responsibility can move to to self-centered power. Mm. If I have a sense that I've got the responsibility, I may think that behind that is that I've got power, therefore I've got the right to do this. Um, it's my choice. And so God hasn't taken that away from us because even now, and, and Desmond Tutu used to say this to us, um, even now, God does not take away our choice to say no to him. He, he, his love took the risk to say that Lindsay can say yes and Lindsay can say no. That Lindsay has a mind to, to, to understand whether when he does something or says something, the intention behind it could be destructive to himself and others, or it could be something that when done, it uplifts and therefore brings glory to the, our creator who made us so that we are able then to have lived our choices responsibly. Mm. Unfortunately, we chose something that went against the grain and ended up being destructive to ourselves. Because isn't, the, isn't it interesting that, that uh, the, the, the way the parable is told of creation um, when Adam and Eve are in the garden, <clears throat> after they've eaten the fruit, God comes to seek fellowship with Adam. Now, that was the intention. God made us for fellowship, for community with him and each other. I was and actually going to reflect on the exact same sentiment where I was saying that God created us to have a conversation with because nothing, well, in, in the creationist ideal, um, so that we could maybe challenge him. And so this is why I, 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 I keep running into this wall um, when, when, I, when I try and accept the idea of creationism, is that if you made man to discuss with you, to, to stimulate you mentally, um, to have these discussions, to go deep with, to walk with, to to have fellowship with, why then the constant need for us to toe the line and 
be obedient and uh, yeah, all, all those things. Why, why then that if the intention was to have a stimulating conversation? All right. So, so when we look at the covenant relationship God was going to have with Israel, mm. the, 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 the main sentiment in the, in the purpose of the covenant was, I will be your God mm. and you will be my people. Right. So that's about identity. And identity is important for relationships. So when God goes into the garden according to the parable and seeks fellowship with Adam. So in fact, what we can say there's a time when 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 God is doing God's thing, but there's a time when God is seeking fellowship with us. What's right? God's thing uh, though? <laughs> well, Adam, Adam, where are you? In fact, that kind of sentiment comes up in other parts of the of the of the of the Old Testament. The constant search for for man for, for man in fellowship with God. Mm. Um, the first thing that God says about Adam, which Adam couldn't say about himself, was that Adam, where are you? So Adam, you're not in the space where you ought to be. Adam, who are you then to mm. me? Who am I to you? What has happened that has caused us to, that somehow I'm, I'm missing you? Are you missing me? If you're hiding, then it means you don't want to have fellowship with me. So why is it that you don't want to have fellowship with me? Did mm. you do something? Now, here it comes to, who is God? He's the creator. We can't know him fully. But he can know us fully. Because he made us for himself, as St. Augustine beautifully says. Mm. So, so our hearts long for God. But when we want to hide from God, even hiding from God is we want to be on good terms with God. But we know that by hiding from God, we assume now God can't find us. But we do know mm. that God is a seeking God. Jesus says, I come to seek and to save the lost. So uh, the good shepherd goes and looks for the sheep that has wandered away. So um, we, we, we find a God even who, when we stray from or move out of the, 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 the comforts of well-fedness and refreshment um, we, and enter into the veil of, of the valley of, of, of death, um, where it seems as if God is not there. The, the psalmist says, I do find God. So God is always seeking fellowship with us. We are the ones that are always finding a way to move away from that. We're distracted in our relationship. We, we are distracted mm. in our relationships mm. with one another too. You enter into a marriage. You and, and Monique build a relationship with one another based on love and attraction and all that kind of stuff. But but when you know you've done something that well, will either challenge and harm this relationship, your first instinct is not necessarily, uh, um, I'm going to just work it out. Your first thing is, how do you protect yourself from rebuff if you did something wrong? So you'd hide. You have to think about how you're going to tell her. Uh, all of those things still shows how the, uh, the old Adam worked, you see. Um, when we, when, we, when we juxtapose 
the creation story about man's being made and the fellowship that man had to have, what was called into God. What we what we look in terms of the new Adam, John's Gospel chapter one tells us of that that intimacy between the new Adam and mm. God. And 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 in the gospel, what happens is God saying about this new Adam, this is my son my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Mm. And God advocates for Jesus saying, listen to him. So the first Adam, um, I don't know whether Adam was caught in a moment of drowsiness that he didn't ask the proper questions when Eve came with us so-called fruit again it goes around the kind of meals we have isn't it <laughs> that we cause all the troubles around them what we eat <laughs> but but i think that 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 the, the, the attribute that is spoken about god in this penitential sentence which comes from the roman passage is mm. as creator god is therefore needing to be merciful i mean if i'm just thinking as i'm as i'm talking to you when an, an, an item is constructed and put together and the mm. fine work mm. that we see, let's say, in a vacuum cleaner or in a, in a line or whatever, yeah. Um, yeah. for it to be working as the creator wants it to work, uh, we, we, we see the delicacy and the fragility of the, of the thing as well. And, mm. and often on the boxes you read, um, this, this way up, uh, fragile, do not, you know, we are even warned not to be violent with the box, nor yeah. what we purchased <laughs> with the box, because humanity does that. We destroy stuff. Yeah, but humanity creates things as well. Humanity no, created that, and then we'll find creative ways to apply that appliance to to life. <laughs> And find creative ways to, des to destroy it also, to break this it. This is true, but this, 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 this <laughs> is what I'm saying. Like, this is our nature. This is how, how God, the creation is God, surely should have known like humans are. Like, you made us so that we can stimulate you, so that we can have a conversation with you. Conversation means that we need to come with our own point of view. Um, and it's not always going to work out. But then I'm just, I just want to take you to um, something that I picked before up. Before you go on, yeah? just, I just want to use this word. When we were studying this theology of sin and so on at seminary, the one word that always came up when, when it says God made us is the word risk. Mm. God took the risk to make us. That's all I wanted to throw into the pot. Well, that's, an interesting, that's an interesting ingredient. Um, we will come back to it. But I said take you to verses 29 to 31 of Paul's letter to Romans chapter 11. Um, for God does not change his mind about whom he chooses and blesses. As for you Gentiles, you disobeyed God in the past, but now you have received God's mercy because the Jews were disobedient. In the same way, because of the mercy that you have received, the Jews now disobey God in order that they also may now receive God's mercy. So that like feeds into that new Adam, old Adam idea that you were banding about uh, just a moment ago, where the Jews were, they had the covenant with God, and then they kind of went their own way. Um, and then Jesus entered 
and he gave mercy to all people and then still kind of excluded the Jews. It's alluded to that the Jews were excluded from that mercy. Um, But now there's the opportunity for them to also receive mercy. I don't know if I have that wrong, but it was just played nicely off of your new Adam, old Adam um, um, idea. If you go into where, where, to whom, to the congregation that Paul was writing to was in the diaspora where Jews would have had the pride of being the covenant people, having now accepted Jesus, moved into a diaspora where you would have found that people who are not Jews had been seen as Gentiles. So the yeah. question I think that yeah. Paul was exploring was, if, if the Gentile heard the message of Jesus and responded to that, why is that possible when the focus was, on God's choice amongst the Jews, whom mm. he then blesses. Mm. Why is it then that, because I, Paul was dealing, I think, with the nationalistic views that Jews had about them being the best people on the planet yeah. because God yeah. had chosen them. Um, and so, so Paul had to address, well, where is then the Gentiles' inclusion? Because if they have the ability, it's, it's like this whole thing about apartheid, the whites... Mm believe they were the best people because their skin was lighter. Those of us of a darker hue were less intelligent, less responsive to intelligence. So, so and then when you look at our history, and, and often it's said the, 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 the missionaries came with the Bible mm. in their one mm. hand, and they gave us the Bible and they stole our land. Why was it that we could respond to the Bible, yet the, what, is not, what is not celebrated is that we didn't want to fight about that which is not ours, but that which is ours to, to benefit from and share um, with others. We, we didn't put ownership on land, which was, the West, which was what the missionaries wanted to do. It was about mm. land grab. So what people are doing today is the same thing as they were doing the last time. They just legalized it, land grab, because yeah. we responded yeah. to the message of the gospel. So the question is, and how come these people whom we see as, 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 as um, heathens, how are they able to, to, articula- to, 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 to process the message we are speaking to them? They're receiving Jesus. Their ways are changing to follow Jesus. How is that possible? if they then not supposed to be like that. And so was Paul arguing how the mercy and grace works across every boundary, every barrier that they could be, that we humans think about, and showing how, the, how God's mercy actually includes everybody. And even mm-hmm. those who are disobedient are not excluded from, from this, like the Jews became disobedient. Did God exclude them because he included the Gentiles? No. God's mercy is there for all. So, so it was a, an, an understanding that Paul, a mindset that Paul had to challenge at the time to show mm. that God was actually ultimately merciful. And I think that leads up to the gospel story. Mm. That will... But I, I, was, I was just reflecting on, on, on the idea that maybe Paul was trying to bring us back to that moment where, like, Adam is the proto for humanity. And then there was this weird time in that history where 
um, the relationship with God was only with the the, the Jews, because obviously humanity had now sinned, so all of humanity was tarred with the same brush, except this little sliver of humanity <laughs> that yes. was now had this 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 covenant and this unique relationship with God. But yeah, it's it's interesting that you bring up the the gospel now, which is Matthew chapter fifteen verses twenty one twenty eight where there's a lot of just like outright racism from Jesus, where um, this, Canaan, <laughs> this Canaanite woman is asking him to help her daughter out. And what, what is the one thing he, said? he tells her? He's like, it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. How do you even defend that idea, Father Rodney? Yeah, I, I actually went and looked into how does one exegete and uh, how does one inter interpret the um, the story because mm. for many years I have been baffled with it simply based on that line now as one continues to study the scripture one begins to learn how we ought to be reading it because mm. because off off and it would seem as if like you know was Jesus showing his colors as a Jew here so why then, if he's showing these colors at the Jew, did he dare to go into Lebanon? Why was he present in Tyre and Sidon if he was so Jewish in his thinking? Was this a necessary story, a necessary encounter that could actually say God is present to... Um, whoever it is across the globe, and mm. he in, in the interacts with the prejudice and the cultural racism that, uh, and, and even sexism that, that is shown up. Um, because look, she, she sees him as, she could have seen him as a Jew. The, the word son of David indicates mm. that that she understands him to be a Jew that she in she's a rural mother from a gentile background who has heard somehow the story of Jesus identifies him in fact the story says the story says there was no interaction oh, sorry there was no encounter where Jesus was actually saying anything he was just present there he had mm. left that place and went to the district of Tyre and Sidon. All we hear is his presence there. But she identifies him, she acknowledges him, and she asks for help. Jesus then, did he say to her, well, really I came for the Jews, or did he raise the prejudice between Jews and Gentiles? And, 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 and then begin to say, can you, can you grapple with the intensity of this, um, that, that I am here for nationalistic purposes, or is God bigger than nationalistic purposes? Does God only work in a particular culture, or is God far extended? So when he says here, and I, I was struck by this word when I read it again in preparation for this, only. The word only. I mm. was sent only, exclusively. Yeah. Now, was Matthew trying to help us understand 
that when Jesus made that statement, he made a, a statement of, of his mission. I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. That's my mission. Um, I've come to save lost. That's the action of lostness. Mm -hmm. I'm a shepherd, therefore, only for the people of Israel. You juxtapose that to Luke chapter 4, where Jesus' um, manifesto of his, of his mission, mm. used from the passage of Isaiah, 60, Isaiah um, 61 now, where he speaks of um, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And yeah. he doesn't, yeah. he speaks about the condition of humanity, not about the, the culture of humanity, the, mm. the identity as, 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 as different cultures. So was Jesus making this statement deliberately mm. to, 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 it's now the 15th chapter of, Mark, yeah. of Matthew. Yeah. So was he deliberately showing, number one, he was present in a foreign place, Number two, how if this lady identified him as Lord, sir, mm. and as somebody that hails from David's lineage, how did she understand his mission? If she's asking him for help to deliver her daughter from a demon, was he saying, well, this is how I understand my mission. Let me, let me then check out what you think. So mm. now she says, hold it, but Lord, even, and yes, she's asking for mercy, and then she asks for help. Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs from the table of the children. Yeah. So how far does God's mercy extend? The mercy of God's mission, the mercy of God's help. Yeah. Does it extend to where even dogs are treated merciful simply because crumbs are falling from the table. Yeah. There is so much mercy that it falls to the table and even dogs benefit from that. So yeah. was Jesus therefore highlighting the, to the world, not just to the Jews, not just to the Gentiles, but here in this passage, to a woman who's, a, who's, who's from a background that the Jews would po po totally have, have rejected, was he saying to them, this is how you want to see me, but this is this how you actually see me. Who am I really when, I, when I'm identified only as the son of David, the one mm. who comes for the Jewish people to save them in the lineage of David? David was the king. If you mm. only see me as somebody who comes for David and you would you would go on she doesn't actually mention son of David after that she yeah. then talks to him yeah. as Lord the focus is on Lord not on the son of David anymore so she begins to see by her interaction and in in fact she then uh, <laughs> feminist theology says she li liberates Jesus yeah from <laughs> his nationalism, from yeah. his sexism, and from his racism. But the way Jesus is saying it doesn't say, this is who I am. He's making a statement, in fact, that's a question. 
mm. rather than a statement of fact. But is I, this really just how you see me? Yeah. Is this but really? I, I, I like I like the Matthew Gospels, especially um, the, that we've done over the last couple of weeks, because Matthew is quite pragmatic um, throughout his portrayal of, of Jesus, where you have like those two moments of Jesus's more arrogant, in my opinion, <laughs> miracles. And then he has the run-in with the Pharisees, where the Pharisees are like, um, hey, guy, your disciples aren't like washing their hands before they eat. And then he has that whole discourse with them and then he leaves Galilee and he's like cool I'm gonna go on my world tour now I have like this following behind me I'm becoming quite well known and like that's why I think he he, he then traveled was because he's now he's now spreading the word he's, he's feeling himself a little bit and he's, he's you know and then he now gets confronted with this so there, there, there are two ways you can read this way was his treatment of the woman um, a test of her faith which he then kind of affirms in, in verse 28, where he's, then Jesus answered a woman, great is your faith, let it be done for you as you wish, and her daughter was healed instantly. Um, but I think she may have just caught him, where he was like, this is my mission, this is what I'm here to do, I have to say these words to these people and bring the lost sheep of Israel back into the fold, and then he's presented with this challenge and he's like oh actually maybe i need to be ministering to everybody you know <laughs> now i actually don't see it that way what i do see in fact is that he went to a space where he could be challenged mm. so he wanted to be engaged by whoever was there he wanted to expose himself his presence he wanted to show God. so really what he's saying my intention he, if his intention was sorely, I'm coming only for the lost sheep of Israel, why was he there in the first place? Number two, why did he allow himself to be brought into this conversation with this woman? Mm. Why then, having gone through the conversation with her, in fact, raises her profile? Mm. Given her background, he raises her profile. And says, great is your faith. In our last week's reading, the Jewish disciples, P Peter, when he could not look to Jesus anymore and was worried about him falling into the sea to drown, what he actually then says about them, oh, you of little faith. Mm. Here he comes and tells a lady from a foreign place, woman of great faith. If mm. Jesus really had only um, 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 uh, blinkers on for Israel, he would have walked away from that woman. If his intention was only, why did he allow this conversation to be recorded? Why, was he, why, why did he allow himself to stay and engage? Why did he celebrate this woman? Was he teaching the Jews? Was he teaching the world that actually he is, He's, he's, not, he's not fixated with his, the statement he makes. Mm. He's, he's giving that up out there in order for it to be interrogated. And who interrogates it? A woman. Who interrogates mm. it? A mother caring for her daughter's well-being. Who interrogates it? It's a Gentile. 
we interrogate. This is not even a person who's who's related to the law. Yeah. But in her in her conversation with Jesus, in a terrig- interrogation of his public statement that he places there for interrogation was not for the benefit of Jesus understanding his mission. He knew what his mission was, but he had to help us to understand that mission. So mm-hmm. I mean I I I I don't believe that that you know in feminist the feminist theology says the woman like you are saying, the woman helped Jesus to discover what his actual mission was. He, 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 he enabled her to engage him in hmm. order for the world to know what his actual mission was. What was his actual mission? He was to celebrate. Because he inspired faith, he celebrated faith. So are we to take away from this that that there's still that engagement that must happen between, like, faith isn't a one-way road. It's not like these are the commandments or whatever and just follow it blindly. It's like, okay, cool. If you don't agree with something, maybe bring something to the discourse and then we can discuss it. So, like, he quips about the not giving food to dogs and then she responds in the way that she did, where she's like, yeah, but dogs also eat um, the crumbs that fall off from the master's table. Um, so th- that, that's what I'm getting out of this, that, that there is still that, that back and forth that is needed, just like when God created Adam for that conversation, that like faith is, is, a, is a two-way thing where you have to interact with it and you have to kind of show your, your understanding of it as well yeah. as you grow within well, your understanding. She definitely had brains. Mm. A rural lady, that, that discrimination is challenge. A rural lady knew how to think intelligently, yeah. right? So this thing that we think rural people are backward is a debunked now. Mm. A woman who wouldn't have been a so-called educated formally, she was just meant to be a mother and a housewife, is somebody who can think Laterally, mm. somebody who can think on her feet, somebody who's able to engage, be engaged by the greatest teacher that ever lived. Matthew's gospel is focused on Jesus as the teacher. Mm. And she's engaged by the greatest teacher that there ever has been. And she shows how deeply she's able to think. And so, so in, in terms of our faith, development and faith discovery mm. has got to be an encounter with him who inspires faith, whose presence inspires faith, whose teachings and whose, whose actions inspires faith in people. Mm. And, and when that faith is, when that faith, inspired faith is now re, uh, within us being expressed in the way she did it, um, he acknowledges that faith. He affirms that faith. He celebrates that faith. Mm. He grows that faith. Um, and so even though she's not named, um, he, he then, or in, in the celebration of her, breaks through every prejudice possible that there can be. Mm. If Jesus really was fixated on only the household of Israel, 
would he have allowed the conversation to have gone the length that he did to where he actually celebrates a person in a foreign place, person who believes, hmm. uh, who's, just, who's, who's almost desperate enough, who cares enough for her daughter's well-being that she would engage uh, our, our, our Lord. So, like, just to, to, to bring it full circle, like, in my mind, um, so I know it's not <laughs> related much directly to the readings that we were reading, but we, we started this discussion talking about that moment where and they have now eaten the fruit of the tree of knowledge, and God comes in and he's like, Adam, where are you? And then in this instance, this woman is saying that Eve shouldn't have fallen on her mouth. <laughs> to well, paraphrase an old Afrikaans saying. <laughs> absolutely. This is Eve's redemption. Yeah. You know, uh, where, 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 where Jesus in embrace, God in Christ embraces Eve. The mm. one that is being blamed for the fall. She is the one who says, I actually, this actually is, and she doesn't say it, he affirms the faith. Mm. that is within her uh, so it's as a way a redemptive story for eve and and if eve is our mother then the redemption story falls to eve for all uh, um eve's children mm. um this is a redemptive uh, reality for for all of us uh, um coming in here and and what was striking is that um her faith her encounter with jesus her faith um, brings about the result she was longing for, the help that she needed. Mm. Um, uh, uh, God responded to her call for mercy and for help. Mm. Um, healing happened. And so if God is able to heal those on the other side of the fence, um, then, then what kind of God is he? And mm. whose God is he willing to be? And I just want to just say, as we were talking, what resonated with me in my in my thinking was put this in today's church tradition mm. where we are fighting and saying that our tradition knows God better than your tradition. Mm. This is saying no you don't. God is there for all if you acknowledge and recognize him there will be an encounter between the two of you. So that encounter is part of the fact that God makes himself available and present to us as he shows us in Jesus Christ. If we then are willing to, um, I, I preached this morning in the, in the funeral service where I, I read the words from John 14, where Jesus, where Thomas says, Lord, we do not know the way. Mm. Um, and I saw that as a, we, we do not know the way. That's why we come to worship. That's why we interact with scripture. Uh, that's why we take Holy Communion, because we are seekers of the way. Um, this lady says, I, outside of you right now, I have no help. Mm. You are the only one. You are my last hope, as it were. Mm. And because you, you, Jesus became our last hope, he became the first hope of everybody else. So, so, um, so, so, so nobody can claim 
that their encounter with Christ is of such and and their way of worship and their theology and their proclamation of the good news is better than anybody else's. Mm. You know, because all of us need that encounter with the Lord. Yeah, and especially in this moment that we're going through now where everybody is kind of being touched by this pandemic, maybe falling on some hard times. Um, I think this this is also a good story to indicate that um, you should ask for help when you yeah. need it. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting, um, mercy and help. Two went together, no? she called for mercy, mm. and then she said, help me. And yes, yes, you're right. It is the time. But is there ever a time when we're never going to say it? I mean, those words roll off our tongues regularly in prayer. Mm. That's why we pray, because we know we, 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 we need help. We know we need mercy. Yeah. That's why in our services, when we, um, we have what is called the Kyrie eleison, mm. Lord of mercy, Christ of mercy. Yeah, that's the constant cry. Obviously, this is one of the references we can make to that. Yeah. And uh, Father, if you should take us through the prayers of the church and other points of reflection for the week going forward. Thanks, Lindsay. Today, as we focused on the healthcare workers, the law enforcement, all frontline workers, um, we do acknowledge in our prayers the need to bring hope to the depressed. Um, the suffering must be touched, that those who are ignored need will be listened to, that those broken will be bandaged up with love and healed. And we acknowledge in our prayers that God is the one in Christ who brings healing to us and he's still present to his world. So our prayers um, focuses on on God calling all humanity to serve. Um, so we believe God called police officers, first responders, nurses, doctors, youth care workers to their professions, the intention to protect and save, and that they are gifted and trained to be able to minister and so we ask that God will strengthen and help and uphold them um, as well as we, we like the Canaanite women appeal to for mercy and for help. We celebrate in our prayers God as the God of comfort, of all mercy, and as citizens act out their pain and fear in ways detrimental to their own well-being, also threatens the well-being of those who respond to calls for help. We know that God has promised to be near the brokenhearted, to save the crushed in spirit. So we ask God to be present with his people in their distress and to protect them. Um, those who respond to their calls for help. We also celebrate God as the God whose peace surpasses all understanding and by be with that God may be with those whose homes does not offer a sanctuary. We are thankful to God for the shelter at home 
for victims of domestic violence, uh, which is now a heightened risk in our country, and for those who respond to their calls for help, are also likewise in danger. And so we pray that God may um, be ready to be a sanctuary to those who are placed in danger, and that God may bring his love for the healing of those who suffer the violence. We pray to God who gives all people not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and self-control. These times when social distancing is essential to prevent the spread of the virus, God will send the spirit to those fearful citizens who feel they must lash out at officers with spitting and hitting. God would calm them and let their self-control replace their anger. Those officers who respond to calls for service are not placed at risk. And then we pray, O oh God, from, whom, from whose sight no creature is hidden and who sees everything under the heavens, let not the toil of the support staff be forgotten. God bless and sanctify the work of administrators, record staff, and guardians. God, keep us ever mindful of the risks they too assume and the stresses they bear for serving in these times. And we appeal to God for his ongoing mercy and help upon us that he would hear our prayers. Um, and so we conclude, Lord God, for the bidding for the abiding love with which you receive these and all the prayers we offer, those spoken and, and those unspoken, we give you thanks. Amen. And then our concluding prayers are the blessing that we, we have. We, I do want to make this appeal again that um, we will inform you as soon as possible about reopening on the 1st of September, but that's the intention bishop has given to us we appeal to you to keep the regulations ensure that your mask has got two layers of material ensure that you sanitize and ensure also that you are social distancing um, these are the the things we need to abide by and so um, as as we start a new week we Pray the praise of commission and blessing. May God be gracious to us and bless us. May God's face shine upon us as we go out from here. May God's ways known upon the earth. Praise God in our homes and in our streets. To bring God's gladness and joy to our nations and neighbors. So may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. Amen. Lindsay, let me just uh, say lastly that um, we've been blessed with um, food parcels uh, once a month for the next three months. And if anybody out there is really, really in need, contact me so that we can ensure your name gets on, your contact details made, and we can ensure you have something at least for a month. 